Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Singleton. And as a child of the 80s, I'd love to say queens rule, but they don't. Queens lead. Being a queen means you are worthy to be a leader of people. The guests on our show do exactly that. They are leading the way in their businesses, families, and communities. They're taking their rightful place in the spotlight, leading and inspiring the developing queens in all of us. Welcome to the Queen's Lead Podcast. Today, we are so excited to be joined by Danielle Garner on the Queen's Lead Podcast. This podcast's purpose is to highlight the female influencers, creators, and doers of this world. It's high time we take our position as the leaders that we are as women and mothers and business owners. And it's time we shine a light on these female entrepreneurs who are impacting their industries, their communities, and the lives of all those around them. So welcome, Danielle Garner. Thank you so much for joining us. Everyone, Danielle is a single mother, a business owner of a business called The Intentional Movement Specialist. She is a yoga instructor. She has got some interesting stories to talk about with Thai yoga body work. Uh, she's also a private soccer trainer and works very closely with the people in the horse industry. So welcome, Danielle. Please tell us a little about yourself. Who is Danielle personally and professionally? Well, first of all, hi, Amy. Thank you so much for having me today. Um, I'm so excited to be here and talking about all of the stuff that I get to do in my life because it's a gift. And that's really what what drove me to it. So um, yeah, I'm Danielle Garner. I am the Intentional Movement Specialist. I teach yoga at Spirit House Yoga here in Oklahoma City and our sister studio, Yoga Lab. And I do Thai yoga body work, which is really becoming my biggest passion because it's a way that I can it's like a gateway drug to everything else I do. So I, I really <laughs> that way. It, it makes people feel good. It makes people feel better in their bodies. It helps them to, um, to have functional and sustainable movement throughout the years of their lives. You know, I was talking at a luncheon the other day about as moms, we get down on the floor and we play with our kids when they're little, everyone does that. But when it gets to the grandkids, we didn't really think that far ahead when we have our kids. And so when our kids get a little bit older, like teenagers, we're just tired, right? We're exhausted. Mm -hmm. And by the time they're having kids, if we don't keep up with our own bodies, then our bodies might be done. And so that's where Thai body work comes in and yoga. And I have the, the super side job of being a soccer trainer. And I have, I have one little client. He's so cute. Uh, he's a great kid. He's been playing soccer for one year and I get to work with him and just play with him. And it, there's a lot of, a lot of history there for me. I played soccer for about 15 to 20 years. I went to college on a soccer scholarship at Chickasha, at USAO in Chickasha and just really my identity was soccer for so many years. So I, I love the sport. I love the teamwork that comes from it and the things that you get to learn about how to and not to work with people. Um, I think organized sports are, are such a fantastic thing and I'm less involved with that than I am with Thai body work. And when I took Thai body work to the rodeo world, it just kind of kicked the doors open for my personal business over the past couple of months, because I grew up in rodeo. I 
know what kind of hard work it takes. And I also know rodeo people. <laughs> it's the most important thing. And they will have a nutritionist, a dietitian, a chiropractor, an acupuncturist, a body worker, like all of these things for their horses. And they're walking around with a limp and, you know, supinated foot and neck pain and back pain. And, but they're tough, right? These people right. Are, are tough. They're driven, they're competitive and they will do whatever it takes to make sure that they're, and they see their, their horses as athletes and they are athletes. Mm-hmm. There's also a partnership that goes on there and the horse's body and mind have to be in sync as well as the, the human aspect of that, the human body and mind. Mm-hmm. So getting to contribute to that is really, really neat. And growing in that community is a passion of mine. I love that. It, so many of us uh, place the priority on the thing that is important, but we miss out on ourselves so often. So I talk a lot about in being intentional with our actions, with our marketing, with our networking, but Explain to me and our audience, what does it mean to intentionally move your body? That's such a great question because it seems super straightforward, right? It just seems like we move and of course we do it on purpose, but if we're not doing it intentionally with the intention of longevity, with the intention of function over form, with the intention of sustainability, then what's the point? I, when I was, I think 18, I was a personal trainer and it was so exciting. It was so fun. I got to work with bodybuilders and all of these people that were doing all of these really powerful things, Mm -hmm. but there was something that didn't quite click something that didn't complete the circle for me. And it was frustrating because I knew that there was more to what I could offer, but I didn't, I couldn't see it back then. And you would see especially men, but also women in the bodybuilding world who will focus on one thing specifically, or just one area, a lot of upper body work. And, you know, the big joke is that guys are always going to skip leg day, right? Yes. (laughs) Big buff guys get out of their little Mazda Miata. And how do they drive this Mazda Miata? Because they skip leg day. (laughs) It's going to be my mission to get these guys to do leg day. But what wound up happening was they would ask me questions and I was already relating things to functional movement without realizing it. So fast forward to several years later, where I find yoga by way of personal injury, physical therapy, and find this program that I've learned how to teach yoga with sustainable functional movement in mind while being intentional with it. A lot of people at gyms will use the machines, you know, we'll do a circuit all the way around. It seems really mindless and it is. And no movement, if you're, if you're taking the time to go to the gym, your movement shouldn't be mindless. The machines Mm -hmm. will hold your form for you. So you're sitting in a machine, you're doing a fly exercise, you're pulling these things in and they're pushing you back out. Well, that machine is holding your form for you. So if you are moving in hopes of sustainable function in your movement, then the machines are a detriment to you because Mm. you are not having to hold your own form while you're doing it. So in a gym, I, in the gym setting, I always pushed free weights, use the free weights, focus on your form. It doesn't matter how much you lift. It matters that you are functionally moving your body. You are moving with intention. Yoga is intentional movement always. 
And there are a lot of different kinds of yoga. Um, I'm not someone who's going to do goat yoga or anything gimmicky like that because it takes away from the intention of that movement and the intention of yoga of movement in yoga is to calm your mind and connect your mind to your body. So it's quiet, it's breathing, it's listening to your body. It's getting quiet enough in your mind by being present in your breath, because sometimes it seems like a yoga pose is lasting forever. Right. And all we can focus on is our breath. When you get to that point then you're really present. And when you're really present, then you can hear what your body has to say. And we all have some sort of trauma in our past, whether it's a horrific trauma or just a really tough trauma. And that keeps us so often from being able slash willing, depending on how you view it, to have that quiet and listening time to hear what's going on in our body, to feel what's going on in our body. We're taught as kids and as, as kid athletes your body is a tool. You use it. It does what you tell it to do. If it doesn't do what you tell it to do, you just try harder. And oof, that's so <laughs> not intentional, right? Uh -huh. So the more intentional we get with our movement to the point of joining the mind and the body, listening to our bodies and saying, oh, okay, you are feeling something today. You are feeling sad today, or you are feeling really excited and energetic today. Um, or, oh, that, that back pain that you thought had gone away is back. And you have felt some depression in the past couple of weeks. Well, when you hurt your back, you had a major depression. So your mind will link those two things. Mm -hmm. And when your depression feelings come back up, because the neurons that fire together, wire together, depression can link and wire with pain and pain that doesn't really exist can surface in your body because your body remembers, oh, depression and pain go together. So if you move intentionally during that time, doing yoga or moving slowly and, and methodically through your day, then you'll find that that pain isn't really there. And you get to separate those two things from each other. Wow. What a wonderful thing to realize by working with you. You think you're coming, come for a workout, stay for a psychology session and <laughs> come out better on the other side. Wow. I, I can only imagine how it sounds like you've had quite the personal journey coming through personal training. And then you mentioned you had an injury that got you into yoga. I did. Um, after years of playing soccer and being the small one on the field, um, I wanted to be the best and I really punished my body in order to be the best. I was great. I was a fantastic soccer player. I worked really hard at it and left my body kind of thrashed after that point. And so then went into adulthood. What am I doing? I'm moving furniture by myself, like full on pianos that I'm trying to push across the house because my body can do anything. And I had a bulging and torn disc in my lower spine, in my lumbar spine. Uh, I think it was the one between L4 and L5 was, was actually ruptured. And then the one right above L4 was bulging and just constant pain. I could heart, I couldn't move. I couldn't even be still and not have pain. There was no positioning my body to alleviate this, this issue. So I spent a couple of months on pain medication. They tried, um, cortisone shots, the injections that you get in your back mm -hmm. and nothing felt right. The shots I could tell were just masking pain. So pain turned into pressure. The 
medication that they put me on, the pain medication was helpful to alleviate the pain. But my son was about five or six years old back then. He's 15 now. And I remember sitting in a recliner about two hours after taking my medication and trying to talk to my son and I was slurring my words Mm. and that I broke. I was like, no more. Absolutely Mm -hmm. not. I threw the pain medicine away. Yeah, absolutely. Like wash my hands. Mm -hmm. There's a better thing out there. I don't know what it is, but now I'm going to find it because my son is too small for me to be this checked out and blame Mm -hmm. it on a medical condition. I get that the doctors are saying, this is what I, this is all you can do. Once you hurt your back, it's just, that just is what it is. And I was like, nope, I'm not accepting this anymore. So I went to the Oklahoma city Indian clinic. I talked to doctor after doctor, after doctor, after doctor, and finally found one that said, you know what, have you tried physical therapy? And I said, no, I haven't. Let's try physical therapy. And I got the coolest physical therapist. Her name was Michaela. She worked at the clinic. Like I said, this was years ago and she was an air force girl and we got through the majority of our work. And she said, okay, well, this is like one of the last appointments that we'll have. And I went, um, no, I'm not okay with that. No, no, no. Don't leave me. Um, she said, well, okay. Have you tried yoga? I said, no, I haven't. So I started doing, you know, what everyone does, we go online and we find someone online that we, we try to do yoga with. And the way that I could do that, I felt better. And then several years later, I ventured out into studios and that was a humbling experience. yeah? Yeah. Most yoga studios don't teach you how to do yoga. There's some gorgeous 20 something year old at the front of the room doing her own practice with a microphone on telling you what she's doing, but she's not describing it, Hmm. not describing exactly how to move your anatomy to make the shape that she's making. And very few yoga instructors tell you, oh, it's not about making the shape. Your practice will not look exactly like my practice because Mm. it's yours. So I got a little frustrated. I felt like the old woman in class and I'm going, I'm not that old yet. No. Yeah. So, okay, I'll fix this. I'm going to go to yoga teacher training. If I learn how to teach yoga, I'll be able to go to class and do yoga. Talk about a snowball effect. So I get to yoga teacher training in what late 2019, early 2020 and start. Yeah. Learning how to teach yoga but also learning about yogic philosophy and finding intentional movement through my soul in my life, everything changed. Absolutely everything changed. Um, I was in a spot during COVID where I had lost my job. I had no idea how everything was going to be okay. And I learned an old phrase with a new twist, have faith. And growing up in private schools and private Christian schools, faith meant, oh, you just hand it over to God. Just do, you know, hand it to God. Yeah. I'm not good at that. I'm not good at just like blindly. Okay, whatever. Let's give it to somebody else. Yeah. I'm good at finding a frequency. I need personification. I need direct contact. And yogic philosophy gave me that to the same entity, the same divine entity that covers, you know, the universe. Mm-hmm. But I understood it. So I started being able to 
not just listen to my body, but listen through my body. And then I found that this is my passion and this whole line of thinking helps people. It helps people to see and hear themselves. It helps people to feel their way through their own body in spite of what doctors might be saying. And I did Thai body work training to deepen my knowledge of anatomy for yoga and wound up falling completely in love with Thai body work because it's literally hands-on help. I get to help. I get to serve people and make them feel better. What? Yeah. It's amazing. You have, have come into it as a consumer whose life was changed by these things. I'm so proud. I mean, it's not right to say I'm proud of you, but I'm so proud of you for putting those pills down as a recovering addict four years clean and sober right here. I understand like that is how so many people get on the bad train. It's a great, like you said, it's helped. It helped for a while. It masks that pain, but unless there's something between the pain pills and the recovery to fix the, the root problem, you know, most people end up down a very, very dark road with that. Right. I'm so proud of you for choosing something different and now turning it into a career. I mean, what the heck? Like, so how did the Thai body work come into play with the, the rest of the pieces you've been putting into place all these years? So I found the, the coolest yoga studio here in Oklahoma city at spirit house. It's owned by Martha McQuaid and Ted Cox, who are the neatest couple you'll ever meet. And they teach yoga to this end period. It's not trendy. It's not gimmicky. There are no goats, glow sticks, beer, cannabis. Like we're there's, there's none of the, the cool kid stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Yet the studio has been around for 18 years, a yoga studio in Oklahoma city for wow. 18 years. Yeah. Nobody else can say that. And mm -hmm. it's, it's such a niche because trends are always going to be big, right? I don't, I can't count how many people have asked me, oh, we'd love to have you come teach yoga. We're going to do goat yoga. And I have to say, mm, let's discuss because I won't teach that. We can have a petting zoo after class. How fun would that be? Because I want to, <laughs> yeah. If you're doing yoga movement while goats are bouncing around you, you're not focusing, you're endangering yourself and others. And the goats, to be quite honest, yeah. <laughs> but it's not yoga anymore. It's it's yeah. just like let's play Twister with goats, which great, but don't call it yoga. So we're I've learned all these things from Spirit House. I'm kind of going off on a tangent on goats because that's it's the past three weeks have been full of requests for goat yoga. So <sighs> Martha and Ted have taught the same program with just forward evolution through studying movement and finding new information about how movement affects the body from the way that you angle your foot and opposed to how far over your knee or how far over your toes, you take your knee, um, your back position, your pelvic position, your pelvic tilt anatomy is so important in their program. And so is philosophy, the philosophy module for the weekend of that, of that part is like, 50 something pages thick. It's so, so dense. And Ted has actually written two books about yogic philosophy specifically to help people understand the Bhagavad Gita, which is the, the quintessential 
book on how to understand yogic philosophy, but it's so esoteric on its own that it's hard to describe <laughs> and hard to understand it, just trying to read it. I remember the first time I picked it up, I was like, I'm pretty sure that was in a foreign language and it wasn't, but it was. So Martha had gone to Kripalu, which is up in New England and trained in the first two levels of Thai body work years and years and years ago. And then she went to Thailand and completed her training in, um, not Cambodia, in Chiang Mai, Thailand. And they have two different versions of it. One is in Chiang Mai in the North and the other one, it's very gentle and kind and very healing and soothing. And then there's a different version in Bangkok where it's kind of, kind of ruckus and kind of rough and tough. And so she went to Chiang Mai and came back as one of the very few places that offers any sort of training in this modality. And the only one in Oklahoma, um, other people, offer programs that they say are time massage or this or that, but they don't have that authentic training from Mm -hmm. Thailand to be able to come back and offer it in an authentic way. So she invited me to come to this training and said, I think that you would like this. And I said, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll come because that'll help with my anatomy for yoga, for my yoga. That'll be great. That'll be great. And she's kind of smiled. Like she Mm -hmm. knew. (laughs) she knew there was going to be more. And when I got into it and started just practicing on my son during my training, my son was 13 or 14 at the time when I was doing this training and he's growing like crazy, right? All of his joints are sore and muscles are sore because he's just going, I mean, crazy growth. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to help him I'm like, oh, okay. I should practice on some other friends. So I practiced on some other friends. And one of my girlfriends has done Brazilian jujitsu for years and her hips are so tight. She can't sit. Like we said, um, like Indian style or crisscross applesauce, whatever you mm-hmm. called it in, in school. Um, uh-huh. after a session, just one session with me, she could sit cross-legged very comfortably because we were able to create so much space in her body where there hadn't been any before. And I just had to sit back and go, wow, something I was able to deliver to someone helped them in such a way that it was not only immediate, but then lasting. Mm -hmm. I need more of this. I need, why, why am I connecting with this so much? And just kept offering it, offering it to my family, to my friends, um, people in the community and enjoyed training on it so much. I do. I've several friends in the program who either graduated with me or haven't graduated yet. And the trades that we do are the best days ever. And so now that I've graduated, I've, I've been practicing for about a year and I left my office job. I decided, I don't know, maybe October of last year. I was like, I think, I think I'm done working for other people. Okay. That's terrible. Are you crazy? This is crazy. You're a single mother. You're going to, how are you going to do this? You're going to screw all of this up. And then you're not going to have a house. Like, what are you going to do? And there was just no denying it. So I went out on my own and thought that it would be more yoga. It's more Thai body work. And when I set up at these rodeos from the time that, oh, let's see the last one that I went to about two or three weeks ago, from the time that I'm set up, I've got my, my yoga mats on the ground to keep from getting dirt all over everything. And then my, my mat and all these blankets to keep things clean and all these pillows to help make people comfortable. Boom. 
customer, boom, customer. I'm back to back to back to back. Thank goodness. This work is not excruciatingly exhausting to do because I just use my body weight when I do it. It's not muscle exertion. It's just using my body weight and people felt better. People had better runs in their race on their horse and their barrel racing and had less pain walking around. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, I had this little idea that I thought would take time, so much time to develop. And now it's like, I, I opened the door to home for the first time going back to rodeo and going back to this thing that I had loved so much as a kid. And now I can offer this to this wonderful community and I'm making friends. I'm, you know, not just clients, but it's just such a neat, a neat thing to be able to share with people. If there's a way that we as humans can serve other humans to make them feel better, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. What a difference you're able to make. And in all that negative self-talk you were having at the beginning, like how validating is it to, I love that you said you came home, you came home to your people. It's like you made full circle and now we're here. Yeah. Yeah. And it really did. It, it took all of the negative, all of the doubt, all of the fear, all of the scarcity mindset and went, Oh, this is fine. This is what you were supposed to do. You probably should have done this. I don't know, 20 years ago, yet there were other things you had to learn. So, okay. You learned those things. Now, here you are now trust that the universe is always conspiring on your behalf and take each step with confidence. And some of them will be not as lucrative as the other steps. And that's okay. Cause there will be a lesson in there. And I've, I've found that already. And it's Mm -hmm. so much fun. I just love it. I love this for you. This is so awesome. What is that? What, what are some of those hard lessons that you've learned and and maybe some, you know, for women thinking about taking this leap out of their, their job or into entrepreneurship or business ownership, we all, we all know we have those doubts, but what's a, what's a big takeaway? What's a lesson you've learned that you can give, give these listeners? Um, gosh, yeah, there, there are so many roadblocks for women to, to go out and, and follow their passions. Cause there's so much supposed to in the world for women, right? So mm. many people shooting all over us as Jen Pastelov says. And yes. <laughs> so if, if I, if I could sum it up in a sound bite, it's, it's very Nike. It's just, just make it happen. Just do it. Just leap. Who is it? Uh, I think it's Eleanor Roosevelt said leap and the net will appear. And that's how it happens. One of my biggest lessons that I had to learn was my fear was that I could never, I could never succeed and do these big things without having a partner, a husband to financially back me up, to be that safety net, to be that emotional support to be that help with my son and, and all, I just thought I needed all of this stuff from this other person. And I, when I first got involved with professional moms, the Edmund group, I was terrified. I was so intimidated by these amazingly successful women. And my excuse in my head was, yeah, but they all have husbands who make a lot of money like this. This is so easy. But when you really think about it, even for women who have successful husbands and they have less risk involved, 
there's still not necessarily less risk involved because you're still looking at your successful husband saying, I'm going to try a thing. It's going to take up time. I'm not going to be able to do the same things that I've been doing for you here all the time, for the kids here all the time. I'm going to work this thing and I need that to be honored. Once I started thinking about it in that mindset and got out of the fear and the scarcity, something clicked and changed. And I've been able to interact with people on a much more authentic level instead of hiding back and being like, oh gosh, I don't even know how to talk to these women. They're so successful. I don't even know how to do this. How can I do this? And it, it did. It just clicked and went, wait, they had to struggle too. Everyone has a struggle of some sort. Everyone has something from their past that tells them you can't do this. You're just going to mess everything up. That's in my head. Oh, you just mess everything up. Even when you get a good thing handed to you, you're just going to mess it up. No, you're not. (laughs) That is the, the illusion that the world wants to put on you, that society wants to put on you. And it's debilitating. It's hard to overcome. It's hard to really look in the mirror and see that successful woman, because you look in the mirror and you see the scared little girl and you don't want to hurt her. You want, you want her to just be taken care of. And what's really cool is that once you start doing it, whether, you know, whether you feel like your hurdles are big or small, you realize that that little girl is beaming and running alongside you and ahead of you, sometimes guiding you to say, but what about that? Oh, we could do that. Oh, look at that. That's shiny. Could we play with that? Oh, it's someone's entire body that we can make feel better. Yes. That's the coolest shiny object ever. So it's, it's scary, but it's worth it. And when you find your passion, the thing that keeps tugging at your heart that says you can, you can listen to it because that gut feeling, that instinct is for real. And that's in yoga, we call it Dharma. It's the life that's looking for you and the life that you want to live wants you to live it. It wants you just as much as you want it. So once you start to go after it, it's incredible how things fall into place. And if you're pushing it, if you're forcing it, then maybe it won't work because maybe that's not what you're supposed to do. Maybe that's one of your shoulds, right? Maybe that's something your man, your mind, your ego is saying, well, you should do this. You should be a doctor because your dad said that you should be a doctor or a lawyer and make money and you want to help people. So be a doctor. Well, mm, no, (laughs) I didn't want to be a doctor. And I had someone asking me the other day. So do you want to take this on and like go to medical school and, and use it medically? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. How cool would it be to be like a doctor of kinesiology and, and be a doctor of movement? Cool. But is that really what people need from me? And right now at this stage, no, that's not what people need from me, but I'm super committed to constantly learning. Maybe someday that will come up. Maybe someday I'll look around and go, okay, I've learned all of these things maybe the next logical step will be to make it clinical. Today's just not that day. Mm-hmm. I love that you, I feel like I'm in a, in a therapy session or counseling session right now. Like this is so good because women need to hear this. We need it so badly for someone to say, 
no, just just do the thing. Just just do the thing, and then you do the thing again, and then you do the thing again. And once you've done the thing three or four or five times, you're, you look up and you're like, oh, wait, I'm doing the thing. I'm doing the thing I was afraid I couldn't do, and now I've done it like five times, and this is easy. Yes. What's the next thing? How do we grow from here? Exactly. And that's, that's exactly what it's been. It's been, you know, oh gosh, this, this training costs a lot of money. You're a single mom. You can't spend that much money, but what if something happens? What if something, what if this money that you're spending on this thing is a seed and you plant that seed and you water it and you nurture it and you really dig in and that seed grows into an apple tree. You can eat apples forever yes yeah we plant orchards over here that's right, what we're exactly. doing exactly like we mm-hmm. are growing our hose or hoeing our rows yeah <laughs> rowing our hose <laughs> we row crew me and my hose we row right. <laughs> just rowing right along here we are man we're clicking making things work that's Absolutely. awesome man Danielle, so what else, what else are you passionate about? What, what's the thing you're passionate about that makes you zero dollars? Is there a nonprofit? Is there, is there a cause or something that, that we love? So there are several things. Um, well, we taught, you said nonprofit. So I'm going to go there first. Um, I actually have a nonprofit that is on the back burner right now. And it is called Mentorship and Movement, and it will probably come back to the surface in a couple of years once I'm able to get some more organization around it. I want to take yoga and trainings and mentorship through intentional movement and in body and in mind and emotions to help underserved communities deal with trauma to deal with the day-to-day hardships of knowing that rising in a socioeconomic climate like we have is difficult, but difficult is not impossible. And even impossible says I'm possible. So there's, there's the first nonprofit that I want to throw out there because I want to remind myself that that's still something that I want to make happen. Mm-hmm. Currently I get to work with Root to Rise, which is founded by Katie Jones and Root to Rise is a foundation that takes yoga to underserved communities. And I get to work with the Remerge community and their organization, which is like a reentry program for mothers who have been a part of the criminal justice system. A lot of these women have made survival choices that got them in trouble. And we've all been there at some point, somehow where there was some reason that we needed to make a choice to get out of a bad situation and it got into a better situation, but it's still not a good situation. So leveling up from a really bad place in your life, a really tough place in your life takes several steps. And that doesn't go from bad to perfect. You're going to go from bad to not as bad to not quite so bad to less bad before you hit the, okay, that's, that's actually pretty good place. Mm-hmm. And I've been there. I've, I've made those decisions. I got married really early because I had a medical thing that made me think I couldn't have kids, which was like, Oh, challenge me at 18, telling me I'm not going to be able to have children. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I had my one and then I went, Oh, great. Let's not be outnumbered done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so these women in the remerge program are 
they're really amazing. And the work that the organization does for them is wonderful, wonderful work. They're such passionate people and the community backs them so wonderfully to help these women learn skills, job skills, life skills, how to relate to their kids, um, how to relate to themselves, how to relate to each other. So they're in there building all of these relationships and rewiring their brains to go out into the world and succeed instead of just get by. And I love that because there were definitely some moments in my life where I was one, one decision away from being in a program like Remerge and mm-hmm. maybe got to ride a little bit of privilege and maybe got a little lucky and wound up not, not going in that direction, but knowing that it was, it was a close call. I know that part of my calling is to give back to that community because I didn't, I didn't come that close for no reason. I didn't come that close to just go, Phew, okay, next. It, mm. it was something that I now get to look back on and go, mm, I get it. I get how easy, how easily that happens, how quickly that happens. And you can turn around and go, wait, I just, but I loved this guy so much. And I thought it was going to be okay. And it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's my, my current passion that I get to do. I was there earlier today at two o'clock, every, every Wednesday at two o'clock, I get to go teach a yoga class to them and, at, Remerge. Mm-hmm, at Remerge. And you said this is for women coming out of the criminal justice system, correct? Yeah. In Oklahoma, I believe this, or not, this is an insane statistic in Oklahoma, we incarcerate more women than anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. think about that this mm-hmm. is a this is a red state right lots of republicans um very conservative traditional right there are countries out there where women are not even allowed to show skin they have to wear gloves they have to cover their faces you'd never see their hair yet here we are in oklahoma america and we're incarcerating more women than any of those countries. Mm-hmm. So that's a big deal. It's a big, yeah, bad it's deal. It's and a big, bad deal. Yeah. yeah. So we have programs like Remerge and Hope House and, and many others. I just happen to know those two specifically that are absolutely committed to these women and making sure that they have some sort of outlet and it's a choice. You know, they have to, they have to go and do the work. It's not a camp. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not I hate to say it's not fun because there are really fun things about it, but yeah. it's work and mm-hmm. they get to go and work their way out of a situation and they get their lives back and they get their kids back. And the cycle, the aim is to end the cycle of recidivism. So mom's not going back to prison. Kids aren't getting into situations where they have to make survival decisions and go back, you know, and start that cycle all over again. Yeah. I am so glad to hear that you are involved with that because my nonprofit aspirations are very similarly aligned with yours. My husband and I are very passionate about the criminal justice system and the broken system that it is um, and the money machine, unfortunately, that it is. Um, One of our very close family members um, is a a felon, an offender who spent a, um, 
a great deal of time in prison and is living an amazing life now that we've been uh, involved with the Hands Up Ministry, which is uh, more involved with men, um, but the same type of, of situation where, you know, there is opportunity here. We incarcerate so many people in our state and in our nation that, you know, one, sometimes they get, they get a raw deal, you know, sometimes it's, it's justified, sometimes it's not, but what are we doing to help these people reintegrate and dec decrease that recidivism? Do we want them as a part of our community? I do. I think there's a place for them. I would much rather see them take a place of, of excellence and, and moving from that, this is so bad, to this is less bad and like what you described and actually have a whole life again. What are we doing to people? You know, they're people that make mistakes and, and seeing how quickly something can turn into an incarceratable uh, situation is, is astounding. So yeah. I'd love to hear that you're involved with that. And I'd love to actually learn more about uh, getting involved with that with you in the, in the Remerge program. Oh my gosh. Well, we have used up uh, like almost all of our time already just listening wow. to like your amazing story. I'm so like, I can't wait to, to, to get to know you more and hear more about what you're doing. Um, so tell us um, where can our listeners find you? Where can they find if they want to do business with you? Where do they find you? Okay. So I have social media presence. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. You can find me on Facebook at the intentional movement specialist is my page that I have set up there on Instagram. I am at L of eight. So it's E L L E dot E V A T E. Cause that's what I want to do. I want to help people to learn to elevate their own lives. And I have a website that is just a fun little milkshake website it's, um, let's see, it's HTTP colon backslash backslash M S H a dot K E backslash movement. All right. M S H a dot K E movement. All right. And Perfect. you can find my booking link on any of those platforms. And I encourage people to send me questions send me a direct message, ask me questions, learn about what it is that I do before you just say, oh, so-and-so said I need to do this. And wait, what is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So what's something that you can give our listeners today that is, is something that they can do uh, before maybe they're ready to take the step of doing business with you? What's something they can that we can all do at home to be more intentional about our bodies and our minds and the way that those are intentionally moving together all the time? Yeah, I love that question because it's the, it's the little things. It's the tiny routines. It's getting up first thing in the morning and writing morning pages. Julia Cameron has this book called the artist way from years and years ago. She's such a pro prolific writer. I love her and really in tune with her artist side. And she says, write three pages longhand every morning, the first 45 minutes of your day, when your brain is kind of waking up, your defenses are down and you're going to get your most authentic thoughts out, which is going to mean listing, um, complaining, you know, thinking about what dream you had last night, which sometimes is amazing. Um, sometimes it's like, what, <laughs> <laughs> but by about the third page, you get through all the noise and you get to something that you needed. You get to something meaningful and it helps set the tone for your day. If you're not a writer, um, it might be something as simple as finding a collection of songs that set a tone for you. And first thing in the morning, when you wake up, 
take a couple of deep breaths, put the song on that, you know, you need for that day. Say you need, it's your, excuse me, it's your day off and you need to relax. You need to not pick up your phone and be working and doing social media or get on your laptop and, Oh, I, I can do this thing for my business. No, it's your day off. So pick a song that sets the tone of your day off of relaxing, of listening to you. Or if you know it's a busy day, then put on that high amped up focus song that you know is going to get you going from the minute your alarm goes off and keep you moving throughout the day. So those little things, but the biggest thing is your breath. Your breath is your superpower. If you can remember in a moment of stress, sadness, um, anxiety, or even just feeling lost to check back in with your breath, notice the feeling of air coming into your nose, going down the back of your throat, filling your lungs. How does your chest expand? How does your stomach expand? Really listening to your body as that super simple movement and action happens and then exhaling and feeling everything go the reverse direction. That is the biggest superpower that we all have. Mm, That's so good. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing these valuable nuggets with our audience. It's something that we can take away and be more intentional, not just about our own body's movement, but our entire lives. It starts with, it starts with ourselves and knowing that we do have that power to take control no matter what the situation is. And it can start with our breath. It does. It's something that I remind all of my classes with at the beginning of a yoga class, we start with three deep breaths and we set an intention. That intention might just be for that class And it might just be to remember to breathe at the end of class. After we come out of the meditation phase, everyone's eyes are closed. And I say, notice what you feel in your body and your mind and compare and contrast from the beginning of class to now and any differences that you feel anything good that you feel calm, that you feel, remember that you did that Mm. because you're powerful and you can take that throughout the rest of your day today, the rest of your week. It's there whenever you need it. That intention doesn't just live on your mat. You did that. And you can do that any time of day, any day of the week. Oh my gosh. I feel so coached. I (laughs) let me let me check in with myself. Like when I began this conversation with you, I was a little nervous. I'm like, I don't know Danielle very well. What is intentional movement? What is Thai yoga? And now I feel really empowered. I feel really good. I feel like I have that control that I can take it anytime. It's available. I love that you said it's available to us at any time. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So good. Thank yeah. you yoga so much. <laughs> yoga does that. And, and to be totally fair, it, it's overwhelming. Like for me, thinking about going to a yoga class as a 40 year old woman, I mean, I've done one, like maybe, you know, one time at the YMCA or whatever, or thought about the goat thing, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a scary place to have to think about going into a room full of hot, gorgeous, perfect 20 year olds. Oh, and yes. like, what are we here to get a six pack? Or are we here to be intentional about our lives? I love that, that you're shining a light on, on yoga. And we're not just, what do, what do they call them? Yogis? Like, we're not all just yoga panted out, perfect girls, like we're yeah. humans. Yeah. And that's, so I'm going to, I'm going to plug spirit house yoga real quick because this is my roots spirit house yoga. Every class is a beginner's class. We are our tagline. The most important thing that we want for everyone is yoga is for everybody. 
Mm. Not just everyone, but everybody. You do not have to fit into yoga pants. You do not have to come in in Lululemon. <laughs> you can come in in sweatpants and a t-shirt and we will work with any body type because that's how we train. We want yoga to be inclusive. Asana is what we do on the mat. Asana means posture or seat. It's the movement that we do. And that's, that's kind of like little Y yoga is how we talk about it. But the capital Y yoga is where the philosophy comes in. It's being intentional, not just with your body, with your thoughts, with your heart, with your soul, with the words that you speak, with the way that you navigate the world with other souls. And when you're, when you get in touch with the capital Y yoga, the little Y yoga and the yoga pants and the 20 year old girls who look amazing in those pants, it matters less and less and less because when you get in there, the world just closes in like those old TVs at the end of the night, the TV would go off and it would come down. Mm-hmm. Everything would close out. Everything comes down to just you and your mat. And it doesn't matter if there are a hundred other people in class or two other people in class. It's just you, your body, your soul, your mat, your movement, and your version of the divine. And just as much as you are seeking the divine, you are the divine. And you find that right there on your mat. Mm, man, powerful. Let's get you a, just a TV show and like put you on for every mother, woman, entrepreneur, anybody who needs help with mind, body, spirit. You're the go-to. Bring me your souls. <laughs> Bring me your souls. I will repair them. Where is Spirit Yoga? So Spirit Located. House Yoga is at 5107 North Chartel Avenue in Oklahoma City. We are right by Bishop McGinnis High School and kind of between Bishop McGinnis and Hideaway Pizza, actually. So you can go to school, come to yoga, go get some pizza. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much to our guest, Danielle Garner, for being on the Queen's Lead podcast. This queen is leading us in so many areas from Thai body work to yoga and intentional movement. If you are a rodeo person, a soccer enthusiast, or just a busy mom who needs to clear clear her mind, her thoughts, and her body and be able to get down on the floor with those babies and grandbabies one day, get with Danielle. You can find her at Spirit House Yoga on 5107 North Chartel, and you can find her uh, online at the Intentional Movement Specialist. Thank you so much for joining us today, Danielle. We appreciate your time. Thanks, Amy. I appreciate yours. Hope to talk to you again soon. Absolutely.